Okay. Anyway, let's go. <clears throat> oh, we, anyway, we covered uh, last week. We we covered uh, Hebrews uh, chapters one through four. And and just to recap, just a little bit about this. Remember the book of Hebrews. It was a letter, either from Paul or Apollos. Could have been somebody else. We don't know really because they didn't sign their name. Uh, but anyway. Um, when you got this letter, just like you would have got a letter from somebody in the mail or whatever, or you could say an email or whatever, what do you do with the letter? We don't go, oh, I need to make this, you know, I, I need to go ask a theologian about this first. Oh, it's going to take you forever to read 13 chapters of Hebrews if you treat it that way. You can sit down and read the book of Hebrews while you drink a cup of coffee, <clears throat> maybe eat lunch, and treat the Bible as though it's something you just read through. Don't, don't, don't think i gotta chop this up you know and I, let, me, let me help you a little bit when you're reading the bible and because uh, i know it's a lot of times it, it's so easy to think this is such a holy book and it is you know oh uh, but keep reading when you see something that you don't understand just keep reading if you'll keep reading all of a sudden you'll go oh oh i get it i get it you know and i had an old boss one time that said always time we had every time we had a meeting he would talk about looking at something from a hundred thousand feet and i always thought what's the mean by that and i started catching on oh yeah he's a Air missile defense person, you know, and he's talking about, well, at 100,000 feet, you know. Notice you can see the big picture. Well, anyway, the book of Hebrews. This might have been the only book that these people got. Now, they didn't have, like, the whole Bible all the time. All they had was what people had said about Jesus or whatever. A lot of things were not written down until much later. Anyway, when they got the book of Hebrews from whoever it was, they read it. And like I say, when you read the book of Hebrews, you can calm yourself down because you believe in Jesus Christ. And we already went through the fourth chapter already. And through the fourth chapter, the only warning is don't disbelieve in Jesus. In other words, don't turn your back on Jesus and say, I don't want him anymore. Jesus understands our shortcomings. He understands our sins, whatever they are. And what we're going to discover here in the fifth chapter, sixth chapter, and however far we get to go, because we'll go quite quickly, is Jesus is your high priest. What is a high priest for? It's for we've made mistakes. We've got to have somebody stand between us you know, and God. And it's Jesus. Of course, He is God, which shows us that He's merciful to us. But a lot of times we base our prayers based on how good we've been this week, and don't do that. Just go to the Lord knowing, Lord, I'm, I need your mercy. Remember the story, and you'll see this as we look at the scriptures here, the story about the Pharisee and the tax collector that went to prayer. You can read this in the book of Luke. Anyway, the tax collector, he wouldn't so much as lift up his face, you know, to God. He just had, he beat his chest like this. The Pharisee over here, he's praying and he goes, you know, God, I'm glad I'm not like him. Yeah, I give all my money to the church and I do this and I'm glad I'm not like that guy. And it Pharisee walks off. And Jesus said, I tell you what. He says the tax collector went away justified. And the other guy didn't. And, well, gee, because, I mean, I tell you what, the tax collectors in those days, they were just, I mean, you, what do you want to call it? Chicago land, the scum of the earth or whatever. But that's the whole point. God's going to be merciful to us if we just come to Him. But anyway, the book of Hebrews is so wonderful. So let's go right into the fourth chapter. Anyway, so far, I mean, you could be reading this, you'll be like, oh, no, I know somewhere in here, God's going to get my number, and I'm going to be in such hot water. Hot water? For what? <clears throat> All right, let me get back down here just a second. Let me get squared away. Ah, right, here we are, the fifth chapter. <clears throat> uh, and I'm going to start in the King James, but then I'm going to switch back over to, uh, <clears throat> to the Living Bible here just a second. Anyway, um, for every high priest... 
taken from among men is ordained for men in things pertaining to God, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices, notice this, for his sins. Well, right here we could go, wait just a minute. If you sinned, you have blown it. You're kicked out of the church. Well, no, wait a minute. The whole purpose of the church is for a high priest not to handle one sin, but can you see this? Sins. And I know, as well as I'm sure all of us, we have blown it probably more than one time this week, you know. And if you think about Adam for just a minute, and remember, by one man's offense, death reigned. It was what Adam did in the garden that cost all of us our position with Jesus. It ruined it. Book of Romans says so. For by one man's offense, death reigned. It even said it didn't make any difference whether or not what we did, because what Adam did, we inherited it all. Way to go, Adam. Well, if you just kind of look back at what Adam did, did he commit murder? <laughs> no. Did he, you know, you can name something you think is really bad, and you'll go, no. That's something to do with this tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He just didn't want to do what God said and just did it anyway. Well, boy, you take that to one of our courts in America today, and it'd be like, let him off the hook, you know, because it does seem minor. Come on in, Aaron. And, and, but see, but the point is, is that, you know, Jesus has made a way for our sins. And we don't need to just choke over, I don't know if, if God will help me today because I'm just, I'm just not as good a Christian as I should be. Would you relax? You couldn't pay for your sins anyway. We need what? A high priest. Anyway, he's going to compare... The earthly high priest that we have today with Jesus. And this is so wonderful. It's not like Jesus up there going, Hey, I died for y'all. What is y'all's problem? I cannot believe Richard just an hour ago did this. Oh my goodness. No. Matter of fact, in the book of Hebrews, we will get there in a moment. But uh, Well, we won't get there today. But uh, Hebrews chapter 12, it says, Let us lay aside the sin and the weight, the sins and the weights that doth so easily beset us. We're not supposed to be sinning. You're going to make mistakes. And God understands that. So here we go. Every high priest taken from among men, in other words, chosen by, we want to make, uh, we're going to have Phil. But Moses would have said, we're going to let Phil and his descendants be the high priest. In other words, it'd be the Levites. And oh, oh, but anyway, that's where they're coming from. That he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. Who can, can, this is in your Bible, have compassion on the ignorant. Wouldn't you say that's probably you and me? I would. I'll tell you, God has compassion on you and I. And, well, he has compassion on the ignorant that go to church. No. He's got compassion on the ignorant. That's you and I. It's all of us, you know. Well, it's the, it's the grandmother that prays all the time. It's the dad that he really reads his Bible all the time. No, this book was written to everybody that read this, the book of Hebrews, and it's for all, you know, Jesus said, He that has ears to hear, let him hear. This is so great. And on them that are out of the way, that he himself, uh, excuse me, for he himself is also compassed, compassed with infirmity. In other words, the high priest... He has his own troubles too. Remember the high priest in the Old Testament, he would go in once a year during the Passover and take blood, not only for the sins of the people, but my own sins too. And he had to go into the Holy of Holies. I'll be right back. And he went behind that curtain. But the important thing is, he went in there for his sins too. 
Even in Huntsville today, we got people that are just so upset with, you know, their preacher is not perfect. Kick him out. I heard he did this. Are you kidding? Don't kick him out. The more mistakes he made makes, the better it is. Let's you know he's just like all of us. We all have to have mercy, you know. The thing you want to watch out for is a preacher that's turning against this. Well, I don't want Jesus anymore. I think the Muslims probably got it about right. I kind of think Hare Krishna is all right too. I kind of think we can just be good enough. We don't need Jesus. And that's what you need to watch out for. And that's the warning that we're getting in the book of Hebrews. Don't turn on Jesus. But it's not, I've made a mistake. Because you can see right here, your mistakes are not any problems because you have a high priest in place. Now, <clears throat> let's switch this to the Living Bible so it'll save me a little bit of country translation here. Uh, and of course, now listen, there's, there's a lot of great translations. But listen, in general, you're not going to miss the point here. And, you know, some people worry that if you switch... Uh, um, switch translations, you just lost it all. No, you can actually see these things in the King James. Let's see. Okay, so the Jewish high priest is merely a man like anyone else. Hey, I got it. He's chosen to speak for all other men in their dealings with God. He presents their gifts to God and offers to Him the blood of animals that are sacrificed. Look at that. To cover the sins of the people and His own too. Hey, I'm feeling good already because I couldn't hang out with the priest or the preacher because... He's so holy. Oh, I didn't mean to say anything in front of you, brother. I hear this at work, you know. Don't cuss in front of Richard. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, watch this. For, because he is a man and can deal gently uh, with other men, though they are foolish and ignorant. For he too is surrounded with the same temptations and understands their problems very well. No, these guys are so holy. I mean, <laughs> trust me, we have trouble too. Okay. Anyway. Another thing to remember is that no one can be a high priest just because he wants to be. He has to be called by God for this work in the same way God has chose Aaron. Remember that? Yeah, here you are, Aaron. We got Aaron right here. But anyway, uh, Aaron was Moses' brother, okay? And uh, everybody that was born from Aaron's family came actually from uh, uh, Levi was his name. He was one of the 12 sons of Jacob. But anyway, those group, uh, that tribe of the Israelites were the ones that dealt with the things of the Lord. Okay. Uh, interesting enough, though, even though you were an Adair, would you say all Adairs, whatever. And let's say I had two sons. I had one name. Let's just say it was, well, can't use Aaron. What's your middle name? Joseph. Joseph, okay. So we had Dustin and Joseph. Well, anyway, God selected Dustin and said everybody who's the son of Dustin gets to be high priest. I mean, if they need a high priest. They have to come from Dustin's line, even though Joseph's the other son here. But all the rest of the Adairs, the Levites, you could say, they belong to do the work in the temple or whatever. So that's where, this, that's where he's coming from here. But now watch this. Now he was talking about earthly high priest. Here comes Jesus. That's why Christ did not elect himself to the honor of being a high priest. No, he was chosen by God himself. God said to him, my son, today I have honored you. This is in the book of Psalms. You know, this was prophesied. And another time God said to him, this is the book of Psalms 2, you, uh, you have been chosen to be a priest forever with the same rank as Melchizedek. Who's Melchizedek? Well, it's so interesting. If you read the book of Hebrews, and we're fixing to, you're fixing to find out who Melchizedek is. We'll just call him Mel. I got a daughter. Her name's Mel. You're, after, you're, you're a high priest after the order of a guy by the name of Mel. In other words, just like Mel. Uh, let's see. 
Yet while Christ was here on earth, he pleaded with God, praying with tears and agony of soul to the only one who would save him from premature death. And that God heard his prayer because of his strong desire to obey God at all times. Remember in the garden, you know, not my will but thine, you know. Actually says that, well, I guess God was paying attention to that. Well, yeah, he was. Just like all our prayers. And even though Jesus was God's son, he had to learn from experience what it was like to obey when obeying meant suffering. See, this is what's so key about, uh, you know, Jesus was born in the manger, you know, and he was here on earth and whatever. That's because he's just like us. And the cool part about it is that we've already read it in chapters 1, 2, 3, and 4 right in there somewhere. Uh, he was just like us so that he could be a faithful high priest. I'm quoting a scripture in the, in the second chapter. And it said, yet without sin. And now, well, I guess he's so holy now. He can say, well, now, Richard, you do it now. No, I don't have to do it. I just do the best I can. The blood of Jesus covers it. The point of the matter is, because Jesus was perfect, he was a spotless lamb that could take care of the failings that I had in my life. Anyway, let's keep going. All right. Uh, let's see. Verse 9. And it was after he had proved himself perfect in this experience that Jesus became, look at that, the giver of eternal life. Yeah, no wonder he was here. No wonder he suffered. Now let's just see if he's still angry with like Dustin here because he hasn't cleaned up his act like he should. I don't see that from this. Look at this. He says, after this it was proved himself perfect in this experience that Jesus became a giver of eternal life to all those who obey him. Now this is wide open here. He ought to say, oh, and this means don't drink, don't dance, don't do this. And don't. He didn't say that. Obeying Him just means giving your life to Him. For remember, God chose Him to be a high priest with the same rank as Mel, okay? Melchizedek. There is much more I would like to say along these lines, but you don't seem to listen. It's so hard to make you understand. Well, now there's a little comment. Well, I guess now, let's say Paul wrote this, he's a bit huffy. Wouldn't you think that would be huffy enough to say, y'all are all going to go to hell? Y'all won't listen to me when I have a Bible study? Y'all are toast. You know, there were two disciples one time that tried to do that with Jesus. Jesus was heading through uh, Jericho. No, no, Samaria. And uh, he sent a couple of disciples to... Uh, no, it wasn't true. He sent them later. But anyway, they were going through uh, Samaria. And the town people there in Samaria found out that Jesus was heading toward Jerusalem. And they got mad about it. And they said, well, if you're going to Jerusalem, don't expect to go to Burger King over here. We're not going to give you... A Big Mac or whatever, a Whopper, whatever they sell it. Well, James and John, the sons of thunder, said, Hey, Lord, we got this figured out. You want us to call fire down from heaven? And Jesus said, No, you don't know what spirit you're of. He says, He says, the Son of Man didn't come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. Well, I tell you what, those Samaritans look like they deserved it. The sons of thunder, remember one of those sons of thunder, his name is John, and he wrote John 3.16. He was the one that was, you know, he, he wrote about himself in, in the John's gospel, the disciple whom Jesus loved, you know. So, I mean, he knew Jesus very well, and he just thought, you know what? I think some people deserve to burn, you know, Lord. Look the way they're treating you. Yeah. But that's not what happened. Why? Because God is what he's merciful. Okay. But anyway, so he says, you have been Christians a long time now, and you ought to be teaching others. Now, man, I understand this. I, we're, isn't it so easy to not be reading your Bible? Isn't it so easy to not? I mean, we, we ought to be geniuses by now. And a lot of times we'll run across stuff and we'll go, you know, I, I didn't know that. You know, and, and a lot of times you'll go, 
I had never, I really, I've never read the book of Job. <laughs> it wouldn't take you long. Give yourself lunchtime, whatever. I'm telling you, you fly through, was it 40, 41, 42, 43 chapters in the book of, uh, of Job. It is still, it's not even a mini-series. It's short. The columns are this wide. You know, chapter 1. Chapter 2. You'll fly through, but there's something about it that we just like, well, I'll leave that up to Richard. You know, whatever. If you leave it up to you, you'll find out, wow, there's something about God's Word, like we were talking about a moment ago, that grass growing in the door. That Word will work in your life. There's a story. You know, one of the coolest things about Job, because people go, oh, Chris, I'm just like Job. I got troubles. If you read the story of Job, at, like I say, at 100,000 feet, don't just read one verse and pick it up six months later. That whole incident didn't last longer than either six months or a year and a half. So you can't claim your whole life, well, I'm just as poor as Job's turkey. <laughs> Job got it all back. He got it all back. He still wound up being the richest man in the West. Gee, but anyway, let's keep going here. So anyway, watch this. Uh, let's see. Okay, yeah, so he says uh, we ought to be teaching others. Well, I'll leave it up to Richard. No, I'm telling you what, the more you read your Bible, you won't even need me, mercy. You'll be like, hey, I knew that. I read about that. Yeah. Anyway, but instead you drop back to the place where you need someone to teach you again all over the first principles in God's Word. You are like babies when you can, uh, who only drink milk, not old enough for solid food. And when a person is still living on milk, he shows he isn't very far along in the Christian life and doesn't know much about the difference between right and wrong. He's still a baby Christian. Now, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Look at that phrase. He doesn't know the difference between right and wrong. Kick him out of the church. Call fire down from heaven. My goodness sakes. We got a Christian. Oh, we don't even. He's not saved if he was like that. <coughs> yes, he is. John 3.16, God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. Whosoever believeth in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. The thief on the cross, he's dying beside Jesus. Lord, remember me. Jesus didn't say, wow, you ain't got long enough to prove you're going to live the life for me. It's not about living the life for you. Jesus is the high priest. He's taking care of the sins of that person right there. And He's taking care of yours and mine too. We have our, you know, we should be the happiest people, and we are. We are. We should be the happiest people in the world telling somebody who's either, like I say, like this, they've become a baby again, and they feel like, oh, I, I would go to church with you, or I would pray, but I think God's mad at me. And of course, you could play along with them and go, well, why do you think God's mad at you? Oh, let me just tell you what I did. And you're listening like, oh my, oh my. But you've got this ace in your pocket the whole time. Well, guess what? It don't matter what you've done. Jesus died for that. Now, what are you acting like he won't help you for? And now, let's get on to your problems. Well, my daughter's having this trouble, or I'm having this trouble. Why don't we bring that to Jesus? And let's watch Jesus fix this for you. Oh, I thought he was mad at me. He's not mad. But the devil loves all this. He loves it to be just to fool people and make people think, you know, oh, God's mad at you. No, he's not. All right, let's keep going. Uh, let's see... Uh, uh, anyway, he says he's still a baby Christian. You know, he, he, uh, you, anyway, you will never be able to eat solid spiritual food and understand the deeper, I think it's things of God, uh, uh, of God's Word until you become better Christians and learn, uh, uh, and learn right from wrong, practicing doing right. Well, guess what? That was chapter 5. Well, I feel so condemned, don't you? Oh, man, I'm never reading that book again. God's book scares me. 
You know, I, Phil's son, Tyler, has a friend. Now listen to this. I, uh, Phil may know who he is, but it's not Tyler, but it's one of, Phil's, uh, it's one of his son's friends. He won't come to church here because he thinks when he comes in here, he's going to blow up. I mean, not anger. He thinks he's going to burn up. God's going to torture him. Can you believe a young person? I'd be like these two young fellows here, you know, I mean, Dustin trains some younger students. I mean, because these guys are 25, but it's like they understand kids younger than them. And they're like, oh, Richard, you ain't heard half of it. You wouldn't believe what people think. Yeah. Yep. Well, that ain't going to happen. Praise the Lord. Uh, let's go back over here to, let's go to the sixth chapter. Since we're so scared. You know, I'll tell you what, you can read the book of Revelation. And I'm telling you, the book of Revelation will not scare you. It will not. If you read it. And again, you can read it over coffee and tea or whatever. You can read. I was teaching Revelation one time. And, um, and I was actually thinking about this 100,000 foot thing. And I thought, you know what? I need, the book, I need to read the book of Revelation in arm's length here. And so I did. I read real quickly. I'm not missing anything. I know what's going on. And, and you can too. And I read like, there's only, I think it's 20, 20, 21 chapters in the book of Revelation. So, but I read 10 of it within, you know, 45 minutes or so. And those of you that walk, I mean, my goodness. I mean, I, I've got my phone and, you know, whatever. You can, you can walk. You, you've got the Bible on your phone or whatever. And, and, and you can carry on. Whatever. But anyway, it's just fascinating to read, you know, uh, the scriptures and find out there's mercy. You're not going to find no mercy. You ever heard of a guy named Nebuchadnezzar? God gave mercy to Nebuchadnezzar. If you read that story in Daniel 1, 2, and 3, and 4, the fourth chapter, Nebuchadnezzar's like, let me tell you, there ain't but one God in this world. And that's after he already tried to torch Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. This was when Nebuchadnezzar went out there and started acting like a bull. Had to start eating grass and carrying on, you know. And, but he comes back and he is so turned on. He says, let me tell you something. There's only one God in heaven. And, it, and, and Daniel's God is it. Here we go. Sixth chapter. Let's stop going over the same old ground again and again. But now, you know, we need to if we forget. There's a scripture in 2 Peter chapter 1 that says, they have forgotten they were purged of their old sins. Boy, do I know people like that. They just feel like, yeah, but Richard, you know I mean? The mistakes I made, I mean, please, Jesus died on the cross for your sins. They go, yeah, oh, I know he did. But see, when I was, you know, when I was really going to church, and, and it, that was those sins during that time, and I should have known better. It's your sins all the time. Calm down. Anyway, let's go on instead to other, thing, other things that become mature in our understanding and become mature in our understanding as strong Christians ought to be. Surely we don't need to speak any further about the foolish. Look at this. The foolishness of trying to be saved by being good. Hold it. Hold it right there. In Huntsville, Alabama, we believe you're going to heaven by being good. I'm telling you, you'd be amazed. Well, I just think if I'm good enough. And even people that believe in Jesus. Well, I just think if I'm good enough. Mm -mm. You're going to be saved by Jesus Christ because you put your trust in Him. That's bottom line. You got to calm down when you go to bed at night. Just be thankful Jesus died for everything for you. He did. You're going to be all right. Look at that. And he called it the foolishness. Wow. Of trying to be saved by being good enough. Or about the necessity of faith in God. In other words, we should just relax. And just, I, I just trust God. Jesus, when Peter was walking on the water, he's walking on, he's doing good. And all of a sudden, it's windy out here. Whoo, he starts to sink. Jesus saved him. Uh, he says, um, he tells him, he says, oh, ye of little faith. Okay? And, uh, and anyway, 
if you look that up in, in this translation here, or whatever some other ones, he just says, Jesus says, how little you trust me. And that's where we are. We've got troubles we're facing day to day and whatever. And we're going to find out, you know, how little I'm trusting Jesus. I've got to relax and give him my problems, whatever they are. Or ask him for his help. Hey, that's a no-brainer. Hey, ask Jesus to help you. Yeah, but Rich, you don't know what I'm facing. All things are possible. Can you imagine that Sarah's going, I'm not going to have a child, Abraham's wife. (laughs) She's laughing. And Jesus says, Abraham, hey, tells Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? And Sarah overheard that. And she goes, oh, I didn't laugh. And Jesus said, you know, God said, yeah, you did too. And he says, is there anything too hard for God? Remember, she wanted a child. She couldn't have a child. She got one, Isaac. Anyway, let's see what happens. And you don't need any further instruction about baptism, spiritual gifts, and the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. The Lord willing, we will go on now to other things. What's the other things about? There's no use trying to bring you back to the Lord again if you have understood the good news and tasted yourself the good things of heaven and shared in the Holy Spirit. Now, now, where's he going with this? Watch this. There's no use in trying to bring you back. Now, watch this. And know the good word of God and felt the mighty powers of the world to come. Now, watch this. Surely this must be, well, you, you, you got aggravated with somebody on the parkway. That's what it is. You, you blew your cool, you know. You had a beer. Oh, mercy. You did this. Well, let's see what happens. And then you have turned against God. Now, he listed what you did here. You don't want anything to do with him anymore. Watch this. You cannot bring yourself to repent again if you've nailed the Son of God to the cross again by, look at that, rejecting him. Holding him up and mocking him to, pu- to public shame. <clears throat> this is the warning. See, this was written... Let's see, the, this book is called what? It's the book of... Uh, let's see, it's the Polish book. No. It's the Hispanic book. No. It's the book of he- he- Hebrews. Oh, those are the Jews. Yes. Many of them were already going, Jesus, like today, Jesus is not the Son of God. And see, this is what pa- Paul or whoever wrote this was saying. Listen, guys. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Don't turn your back on Him saying, well, I think it's safer to go back here and, and I'm going to get to heaven by being good. No, the only way we're going to get to heaven is by believing in Jesus. They were saying, nail Him to the cross. I don't want anything to do with Him. Anyway, He goes on and says, when a farmer's land has had many showers upon it and good crops come up, then that land experiences God's blessing upon it. But if it keeps on having crops of thistles and thorns and the land is considered... Oh, no good, and is ready for condemnation and burned off. Dear friends, even though I'm talking like this, I really don't believe that what I am saying applies to you. I'm confident you are producing the good fruit that comes along with salvation. So the warning here is, let's don't go back and say, I don't want Jesus anymore. Verse 10, for God's not unfair. He cannot forget your hard work or forget the way you use to show your love for Him and still do by helping His children. King James says he doesn't forget, he's not forgetful of our work of our labor of love. This kind of helps out for me, you know. <clears throat> and that we are anxious to keep right on, and that you are anxious to keep loving others as long as life lasts, so that you will never uh, so that you will get your full reward. Then knowing what lies ahead, you won't become bored with being a Christian and become spiritually dull and indifferent. For you will be anxious to follow the example of those who receive all that God's promised because you are because of their strong faith and patience. For instance, there is a promise to God. I mean, excuse me, there, there was God's promise to Abraham. Now, you've got to remember here, the book of the Bible, a lot of stuff is related to Abraham, and anything related to Abraham is yours today. Galatians 
3.29, if you be Christ, then you're Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. The Bible says that we are blessed in faithful Abraham. So to run around and say, well, I just, I just, I mean, I don't, God's, God's not going to help me. It's just ridiculous. You know, the children of Israel that came out of Pharaoh and got all the way to the promised land, God kept telling them, says, now listen, I'm not doing this because you guys are so great. I'm doing this because of Abraham's sake. And so we should pick up on that and go, you know what? God's going to bless me because of the blessing of Abraham. It's not because I'm so wonderful. But the trouble the Israelites had was they kept saying, what? I'm going back to Egypt. You know, I'm turning away. Well, we're not going to do that. So anyway, watch what happens here. Oh, let's see. Oh, for instance, God's promise to Abraham, he took an oath in his own name since there was uh, no one greater to swear by. Can you imagine that? God swearing. God, you just swore. Not supposed to swear. No. If you swear the right way, it's fine. And God swore. Now, wouldn't you think that, well, I swear I didn't say that. Well, in this case, God says, I swore I said it. What do, what do we need God swearing for? See, a lot of times we say it's all about our commitment to God. And we never look at the flip side. Oh, God's committed to me too. And this is what makes us feel like eh, Christian life is... And we just get lulled to sleep thinking that nothing good's ever going to happen to me. Watch how strong this is. God swore. He promised to Abraham. Remember, you might as well just put your name here. He didn't say, well, just some guy. It was Abraham. Adair. All right, watch it. God took an oath in his own name, since there was no one greater to swear by, that he would... Now remember, this is you. God swore he would bless you. Now the book of Acts chapter 3, the Bible says that Jesus rose from the dead so that he could bless you. It's not a one-time blessing. It's now. It's now. What does he have need of? You know, those same sons of thunder, bless their heart. Hey, you want us to call fire down from heaven? (laughs) Jesus already told them one night, says, hey guys, I'm going to Jerusalem and they're going to kill me. Okay? uh, But on the third day I'm going to rise again. Well, it still was going over their head. James and John pulled them aside. Hey, Jesus, come here. We want you to do for us whatever we ask. You know, Jesus didn't say, now, wait just a minute here. I'm not a candy store. That's not what Jesus said. You know what Jesus said? What is it you want me to do? I'll tell you what, I don't know what you're faced with. Jesus will help you. You're not going to break the bank of heaven. Now, you will think you will if you quit reading that Bible because you'll, go, you'll write your own Bible in your head. God doesn't help me. So James and John said, listen, uh, when you come in your kingdom, James wants to sit on this side and John wants to sit on this side. Is that all right? Jesus still didn't say no. Guess what he said? He said, are you able to drink the cup that I'm fixing to drink? In other words, I'm fixing to go to the cross. And you know what they said? And we have it in our songbook. Oh, Lord, we are able. Yes, we They said, yea, Lord. Lord, we are able. Our spirits are thine. You know. But anyway, nonetheless, these guys said, yeah, we'll do it. But anyway, Jesus said, well, let me tell you something, guys. Uh, <clears throat> those positions are not mine to give. But he said, the cup that I'm going to drink, you're going to drink too. Well, the reason he didn't say you're going to get the left and the right is because they were going to get it along with you and I. 
The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. We are with Him. We are seated in His lap. I always think of Santa Claus. You know, remember when you were little, you get to sit in Santa Claus's lap? That's you. You are sitting in the lap of Jesus at the right hand of God. Wow. Amazing. But anyway, so this God, this promise to Abraham. Okay, he couldn't swear by anybody greater. And so he said he would bless Abraham. Well, you only get one blessing. What? No, again and again, and give him a son and make him uh, the father of a great nation. Then Abraham waited patiently. Uh, let's see what we got here. Abraham waited patiently until finally God gave him a son, Isaac, just as he had promised. When a man takes an oath, he's calling upon someone greater. Like I say, I swear to God, I'll be here next Sunday. I swear to God. Well, then, okay, <laughs> we got you, Richard. Even though you, did, you said that. Well, why am I saying that? That's to try to put some punch behind this. In other words, really what you're saying is, God will make me do it. Of course, we know people lie. Well, I swear to God, I didn't do that, you know. <laughs> well, they don't think God's going to back it and, you know, do anything to them, whatever. But here's one reason. He says, when a man takes an oath, he's calling on someone greater than himself to force him to do what he's promised. Wait a minute. God swore by Himself to force Himself to bless Aaron here? Yes! Hallelujah! No wonder David had such a free lunch in the Bible. No wonder David, that's, most of your psalms are about David. And he's in trouble every morning he gets up. Now wouldn't you be, if you were the king of a nation, and guess what nation that is? Israel, almost like today. And the Arabs wake up in the morning and the first thought they have... Uh, my mission is to kill the Israelites. And then David had staff members that wanted to kill him. David said, you know what? My own familiar friend that sat down and ate with me, he's lifted up his heel against me. And then David would get sick. You read it, Psalm 6, Psalm 30. But he would say, you know what? God, you're going to get me out of this. I've, I know you hear me, and I'm going to live and not die. Many, and David said in Psalm 103, he said, I have a benefit. We all do. He says, who forgives all my iniquities, heals all my diseases. Wouldn't it be wonderful to get where you, to the point where you believe that? You know? And you can when you recognize, i got a high priest. I have a high priest that's going to take care of all my problems. I'm not worried about it. Well, this is where he's getting to. Watch this. Abraham waited patiently until God gave him a son, Isaac. And we're going to stop. This is the end of this chapter right here. This is it. We'll stop. Watch this. When a man takes an oath, he's calling on someone greater than himself to force him to do what he's promised or punish him. And if he later refuses to do it, then the oath ends... Uh, I mean, if he later refuses to do it. The oath ends all argument about it. Now, we have an oath from God. Anyway, God also bound himself with an oath so that he promised to help those who would... Uh, excuse me. That he promised to help... Uh, I messed up. Let me read it slower. God also bound himself with an oath so that those he promised to help would be perfectly sure and never need to wonder whether he might change his plans. Man, this is where we are today. Well, I don't know. I know that verse says that, but i got to let God tell me himself. He did. It's wrote down. He's never going to change. Wow. He has given us both the promise and his oath. Remember the oath is what's the purpose of it? You're going to do this. Well, I never should have made that oath. Well, God didn't care. He's happy to do it. Two things we can completely count on, for it's impossible for God to tell a lie. Now all those who, now, excuse me, now all those who flee to him uh, to save them can, have new, can take new courage when they hear such assurances from God. 
Now they know that without a doubt he will give them the salvation he has promised them. Now this salvation is not just going to heaven. You read your Bible and there's so little about going to heaven there. Oh, you're going there. But it's just daily problems. And Jesus is... Matter of fact, the argument God gave in the Old Testament to him was like, well, go ahead, just bow down to that idol. You cook your dinner by that piece of wood and you bow down to it and ask it to save you from Sennacherib, the Assyrian king. Oh yeah, that little piece of wood is really going to save you. God was mocking them. Well, then what was God saying? God was saying, if you'll turn to me and ask me to save you from the Assyrians, I will. And that's what Hezekiah did. Sennacherib couldn't knock him out. And it's even written in the old history. It's not just in the Bible, but it's in the other documents. History tells us that they couldn't knock off Hezekiah. And if you read the story, you'll find out why Hezekiah didn't get knocked off. And Hezekiah wasn't perfect. He just had a high priest. And he believed in God. And he got the whole group of them in, in Jerusalem there, all the little ones and the big ones and whatever, and said, look, we have got to ask God for help. And God gave him help. And Hezekiah's dad was such a jerk. He wouldn't have anything to do with God. Had all these stupid idols everywhere. But when Hezekiah got in there, he said, we ain't doing with these idols. Get rid of this. And guess what? Hezekiah didn't get rid of all of them. He left a few. Wow, mistake, mistake, mistake. No, you still got a high priest. And Hezekiah knew what to do when he got in trouble. You can read it for yourself. Hezekiah also was told one day by, uh, it was Isaiah walked up to him and said, Guess what? You're going to die. Hezekiah, you read it for yourself. Hezekiah was like, huh. And so he went, and the Bible says he, he put his face to the wall and he prayed. And he was crying. And the Bible says that God heard his tears. And before Isaiah could get out of the driveway, he turned around, went back in there and said, uh, Isaiah, God saw your tears and he's given you 15 more years. Can you imagine that? I mean, however old you were, and God says, I'll give you 15 more years. Man, that's like 25% more lifespan. Now, why, it went blank. why do you think that story was in there? So Richard could say it? No, it's in there so that you and I could say it when we need it. I mean, you, you've got help. Now, let, let's get through this and we'll finish. All right, watch this. Can you see all this is mercy? Makes us feel good when we leave. All right, watch what happens. Okay, we got that far. Let's see. Yeah, we can flee for refuge. Verse 19. This same, uh, oh, let's get out here. This certain hope of being saved, that's in right there, is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls, connecting us with God Himself behind the sacred curtain of heaven. And we're talking about the third heavens today, you know, whatever. Where Christ has gone ahead of us to plead for us from His position in our high, as our high priest with the honor and rank of Melchizedek. Now the reason they say Melchizedek, they'll mention it in the next chapter, is because for some reason He had no beginning or no end. He's like an angel or whatever. Of course, angels are created, but nonetheless, this Melchizedek, where did He come from? But anyway... We have we, uh, this hope, certain hope of being saved is strong and trustworthy, anchor for our souls. And like I say, we're in trouble uh, if um, Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he says, if we in this life only have hope in Christ, we're of all men most miserable. In other words, if, if our only hope is, he actually said it backwards. A lot of us today, we think the only hope we have is heaven. Well, when I get to heaven, it'll be all right. You can have it all right now. God will help you. Read about the story of Jesus and all the things the disciples went through. Remember, Jesus was on the back of the boat one time and it was boats filling up with water. They were going down. They finally woke Jesus up. Jesus, don't you care? We're about to die. Jesus didn't say, oh, it's fun. Just hang on. We'll, you know, If we die, we die. No, Jesus got up and did what? Peace be still. And there was a calm. 
And you can have that too. I don't care what's going on. Jesus Christ is saying yesterday, today, and forever. Father, we thank you for your word today. We just thank you, first off, that praise God, no matter what we've done, you're still there for us. We have mercy. Praise God. So, Lord, I just thank you that if we're hurting in our bodies, we're healed. You just take care of that, Lord. Fix whatever might be broken in our bodies. Just help us, Lord. Where our stomach may be hurting, our head hurting, or our vision is having trouble, or whatever, our fingers, whatever it is, Lord. We know your word promises you'll take care of that, so fix that for us. Lord, if we're we're troubled financially, help us out there. You're the great provider, and we know you will. And, Lord, if we're faced with something that I didn't even mention, no matter what it is, we'll praise the Lord, your word says, and so shall we be saved from our enemies. Just fix whatever's broke out there. Cause us to get out of trouble, like you promised. And, Lord, I didn't leave anything left but for us to go tell others all these great things you keep doing for us. We thank you for it. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, amen. Well, that's two chapters there. Praise the Lord. Glory. Yeah.